welcome to the Going Local Podcast. Sitting in the Vault Studio with me is my main man, Jamie Stafford. How are you, Jambo? Not too bad, mate. And over Skype, as usual, it's the Chocketeer, Big Choc. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I've never heard the Chocketeer. I'm good, brother. How are you, boys? So, like, he's the Chocolate Rocketeer. He's, he's the Chocketeer. He's Choc. Oh, I like that. I, just, I, I will change your nickname every single week. It's just the kind of person I am, but... You know, he welcome, gets, boys. He gets bored easily, basically. So yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Chuck. <laughs> That's fine. That's all good. Yeah, my mind needs to entertain itself a lot, and I don't want to say what it's thinking a lot of the time. <laughs> so I do it by saying <laughs> nicknames. Um, I don't know if it'd be suitable. <laughs> <laughs> well, episode three, guys. Uh, our last one was the World Cup special, so we'll, we'll start off discussing that tonight. Then we'll head into um, Gridiron Victoria. Their season's a few weeks in. Um, and then we'll finish with a special interview with Ty Henry from the Swan City Titans over Correct. in WA, the new club that um, he's running with Lake Ross Yellow, the former Geelong Buccaneers president and, and star linebacker, I guess, you know, he thinks he is. <laughs> but yeah, the Gridiron West season will be starting off October 7th and we've yeah. got an interview with Ty to lead into that. Exactly. Well, let, let's go to the first part of our run. I actually did a rundown this week to try and try and help you boys out because you're... You know, your rookie's in the vault. And hopelessly yeah, unprepared, too. Yeah, no, you don't yeah, have to be prepared. Yeah, we're unprepared and that's it. <laughs> well, let's start with the, the Women's World Cup. World, World Championship or World Cup? Uh, World Championship. World Championship, whatever it, it was it, called. Was it actually a cup or was it a bowl? Oh, big, I don't know. I, Australia Ooh. didn't win it. Good question, guys. Uh, hit us up in the comments. Was it a cup or a bowl? Uh, cup. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's discuss the Aussies. Now, they went winless. They didn't win a game. Um, now, I just want to start by saying congratulations to all the girls and the coaches. And, you know, we did with our last podcast that wished them the best of luck. And I think even though they didn't win any games, they certainly didn't um, make us unproud of them or anything like that. Well, no, we we were sort of... Obviously, it was hard to have expectations when it's the first time in, but we, you know, we all thought that... They played hard. Yeah, they played hard. And to be perfectly honest with you, from a scoreline standpoint, I think they actually did quite well. Maybe maybe better than expected. Yes. It wasn't like... You know, it wasn't like we got run over every single week, every single game, sorry. So, I mean, at least the, the girls, they put up a really, really good fight. And, you know, they battled all the way through to, uh, all the, way through to the end and, you know, showed show that, what do they call the true Aussie spirit? Yeah, exactly. So, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the games. Game one, uh, they lost to Canada 31-6. to six. Um, It kind of got away from them late. It wasn't that no, big a gap. Yeah. They scored late after some bad turnovers. Um, Christy Moran had the 41 yards and a touchdown, which was the first ever touchdown for Australian women's team. So, congratulations Ooh. to Christy Moran. Um, and in game two, she continued that with a... 126 yards and one touchdown in a 31 to 10 loss, but which was also a lot closer well, throughout the game. That blew out a little bit towards the end as well. Exactly, and it was turnovers late and and lack of a passing game that hurt them in that when they got down. But they played quite well. I think it was a two point game going into the half. I so think the second game was probably the best, the best of the games from an Australian standpoint. Yep, and then game three we had Finland 35 to Australia zero, and I think. They they were a bit cooked. I know personally there was a lot of injuries going on, and I've played in national tournaments before where you play three games in a week, and the third game is extremely tough. Well, we played one where yeah. we went up and lost to Queensland before Queensland were good. This is when they weren't that good, and we thought we were a shoe in, but everyone was just ratchet. But the bottom line, they yeah. just weren't in good form. Um, what we'll do, we'll just get your thoughts on the tournament. We'll start with you, Chalk. 
Um, any takeaways or thoughts on on the entire tournament? Look, you know, there's there's obviously there's, there could be a number of things that I point out. Honestly, I think the girls did really well. Um, I think you know, I, there's probably there's a few things maybe go back to the drawing board and you know look over. But all in all, I think the girls did really really well. Um, particularly, I loved how um, the one play that we saw was working all the time was the jet sweep. Um, always, I think that in the first game against Canada, we were picking up big yards from that. Um, I think just you know it, it basically w- would go down to um, our, the quarterbacks. You know they hadn't worked. Then they're not really weren't really touching. I guess like getting in touch with the receivers. Um, you know making making the the, the the good passes. You know finishing completing plays stuff like that. Um, our defense was you know a little bit. We had a little a little bit of gaps here and there, but. I think all in all, the, I can't sit here and, and and talk smack about them because I think they all they all put in a really good shift and they all did really really well and I'm proud of them all. I thought the defense actually played quite well. Um, no, number uh, ninety three was it? What was her yeah. name? Uh, Sims. Yeah, the de- defensive, especially the front, the front seven of the defense. I thought actually was. You look at when you look at the games from a standpoint of okay, we're there. We're there for the first time. We're playing against more experienced competition and it's elite competition at that level. You want to basically say to yourself, well, okay, we may not have won, but did we at least match up? Was it a competitive contest? And I think from a defensive standpoint, that front seven can definitely walk away from the tournament and say that that was the case. They matched up really well. Um, and that's not to say that other positions didn't. Obviously, Chris Moran as the running back or the lead running back was outstanding. Um, but yeah, I, the, the thing that I would take away from it from a first up effort is that you have to look at it as a learning experience to go, okay, what did we do well? What can we do better? And within the confines of the program that we have in Australia, what can we realistically make better for next time? Um, That's an answer for for the people involved or a question for the people involved, I should say. But I look at it very positively. Positively, is that correct? I struggle with that word a lot. Positively. Uh, Positively. far more than any negatives that came out of it. Okay, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. <laughs> All right? Because I have a few issues with the way it went down. Oh, uh, as do I, but I thought we were starting with the positives. No, no, no. We, we can start with whatever you want. I'm starting. Oh, look, <laughs> I've already said they. I'm proud of all of them. They did an outstanding job, and I'm not going to bag them for anything they did, the players. I have a real issue with the scheme and the way it was coached. So... You have girls, right, that came in to try out and they were moved from defensive line positions, linebacker, running back, to play offensive line. Okay? That's what happened. And that's just a fact. So that's fine. If you feel they're the best offensive lineman, that's cool. Is that because we were lacking in the offensive line department or was that just, you know... I don't know. Well, there's a a girl from our club that couldn't get a go on it and I don't understand how. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um... And then you then decide to run a scheme which was basically a shoot and pull scheme. So what that means is, it sounds horrible, but (laughs) you're running a lot of wide receiver screens and your offensive linemen are trapping and pulling. And jet sweeps and all that sort of stuff. That is a more complicated scheme. From that, you you have to run a reaching zone, and a power zone, you have to ask girls to block play side gaps to reach across two gaps to pull and read another read an offensive lineman whether you go inside or outside. For girls that have never played offensive line, like some of the girls they started, 
it's impossible to do that. And you saw that. And then their counter to that was getting all the offensive linemen and stacking them all together with no receivers and trying to run it up the middle against teams that are bigger than you, stronger than you, and have played more than you. They're going to crush that every time. So your issue is more from a philosophical standpoint, correct? The scheme. Why just go, this is what we run and this is how we're going to do it? We've had this conversation many times yes. in private where we've always talked about what's, what's the chicken and the egg scenario. Do you design an offense first and then run it with whoever you have or do you wait and see the personnel that you have and then design an offense that best suits their strengths? You design what you want to run and then you mix it to the people you've got. You don't run a power zone scheme if you don't have a power running back. Now, Christy Moran was a great running back and she played outstanding the whole tournament. But you put her in this scheme with offensive linemen. They then got the biggest offensive lineman they could find who, and I don't mean to be negative, had, didn't have the footwork, they didn't have to, the footwork the to do it because yeah. they haven't done it. And then they asked them to do this with you know perfect footwork and didn't work. And we preface that with by saying that's on no fault of the player no, as an individual. That's They're, the coach. I think as a coach, you get your team and you put them in the best position to succeed. They didn't do that. That's, my, that's the bottom line. That's your take on it. Yep. They did not put that. And offensive line something I watch a lot. The defense, they were fine, but they didn't put the offensive line. The one great series they had against Mexico or two great series they had was when they went single back four wide and just ran the ball and spread the defense out and took size out of it and just powered over guys. That was when Christy Moran had the best drives yeah. and scored the touchdown and they were in with it. And then they went back to this you know, screen game when... I'm sorry, but the receivers couldn't catch the ball well. The quarterback couldn't throw it consistently. And if they caught it, they didn't have the, the superior athleticism or strength to get away from defenders. It's lower percentage play going it's, to it, that. It wasn't smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So th- that's just my opinion of it. And that's not, uh, that's not anything to do with the girls and the players. They all did the best they could. But they, especially on the offensive line, were not put in the position to succeed. And it's funny you say that. You're talking about when they were doing what suited their strengths was in the Mexico game. Mm-hmm. And that was the game that we all sort of can agree on was their, was, or maybe not pre-game we thought was their best chance, but certainly in-game was their actual best chance to maybe cause an upset and Absolutely snatch it. Absolutely it was. To, go, yeah. to then go away from that, to go back to your scheme that you've brought with you pre-roster, so to speak. Yep. To me, that's... And that's not just a problem that I have in this instance. That's a problem that I have in football across the board in Australia, that too many coaches come in, we're going to run the wishbone or we're going to run the spread or we're going to run the speed option or we're going to run whatever we're going to run. And then you don't have the personnel that suits that scheme at all and then you still go and run it. And then you wonder why you're you're not successful. Like Jamie, what you said, you you have to pick your players and then look at your players back, right, this this is the skill set that we have. This is what kind of, this is what kind of offense we're going to run to it. You can't run like pulling offenses. Pull, pulling. You can't get your guards to be pulling if your guards aren't athletic. Yeah. If you just got a bunch of a, a bunch of a bunch of big boys or big girls in there, and they're not athletic enough with their feet, you can't be asking them, "Okay, we're going to need you to pull," because the the footwork isn't quick enough. You know. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think it's. And again, I'm not trying to pick on anyone specifically, but it's a very American thing. In America, when you set up a, an offense, say you you're a coach at a high school or a college, you're going to have 150 kids to You're pick have from. You pick of a lot of talent. So yes. you go, okay, this is my scheme. And then you go through your tryouts and all that and you pick players to suit your scheme. Now, if there's some freak guy, you just go, okay, well, I'm going to put him in this bit in my and I'm going to build my scheme around him. But 
the rest of the guys, you build a scheme and find the guys that fit it to the best. Yeah. In Australia, you don't have that. We don't have that luxury. No, no we don't. You build uh, a scheme around the players you have. The, the Swan City Titans might have that luxury if you were listening to well, Ty's interview later. There's like 900 players. But that's what I mean. <laughs> you, you, you just don't have that luxury. Chalk, did you have any um, any more thoughts on the World Cup? No, look, I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's like Jambo, you said it right. It's a learning curve. Um, you know, it's 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 a big experience. You know, the girls that um, have gone into this and the coaches that went into it will go away and see, okay, cool, what can we build on for the future? And you know, let's just hope that this is the start of something something good for Australian football and particularly for Australian women's football. You know, that we start getting a little bit more exposure, getting you know more women to the game, and you know, who knows, maybe next World Cup we'll be able to you know smack someone in the mouth and get a win. One thing I will say on this in this tournament and this topic in general about representative football and when we go overseas and we play against these other countries, we, you know, there's a black and white to it. We have a tendency to either be super positive and we get lost in a mirage of sunshine and Snapchat selfies about how great it is and, you know, doing it for this and doing it for that and it's the best thing ever. Or we have the flip side of that where we've got a lot of criticism and a lot of negativity. Christy Moran actually posted something after the tournament that I thought was really, really good and emblematic of her attitude as, a, as an athlete. She was obviously very happy with how things were going and the, the posts that were going up about how, you know, just being there was a success and all of that kind of stuff. And we all wanted to be positive and keep it that way. She was actually like, no, we lost all three games convincingly and it wasn't good enough. Then if we come back again... We've got to do better next time and we've got to make sure that we take the steps to be better the next time that we're here. And it was really, really good to hear that kind of level attitude from a player just as the tournament had finished when she was probably at her lowest to come out and say something like that, I think is actually, you know, good on her part, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the attitude they need to have. There's no, you know, there's no issue with criticism, not being good enough. There's nothing wrong with that. And they tried hard. They really did. Mm. Um, and you know what? If they had a different scheme, who knows? They might might have been the same results. But yeah, I guess to go back to the point, just put players in the best position to succeed. And I didn't feel they were put there. And it makes me kind of feel bad for the girls, that situation. And there were games they were in. And you know, the, the big thing in the big difference for me, and this isn't anything against the quarterbacks that played, is there's just a massive discrepancy between quarterback play in Australia and in the in the other in the other countries? Because they've been playing as long. As a quarterback, I 100% agree with that. We just it's the hardest position to learn, and it takes the longest to. to I'm not even going to say master because I think it's impossible to master. No one actually ever masters this game. No, you're but right. But yeah, there is a big gap. There is a big drop off in that area, um, and it shows up when you go to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that, that's enough for that. Um, again, congratulations to all the girls that went over and represented their country. They should be super, super proud. And please don't as take offense to my negativity uh, or my my criticism. I'm not being yeah, negative. I thought negative. the whole trip as a whole was absolutely outstanding and you tried your guts out and you made a lot of good plays and there were a lot of good moments. So, yeah. you know, cherish that. But as you said about Christy Moran, you're right. Get better and in three or four years' time, whatever it is, keep working and, and come back bigger and better and learn from mistakes. And I think if they do that, they've, they showed they've got the potential to compete with those teams. Not the potential. They can yeah, compete. Yeah. There were times 100%. during all three games where they were they were at a level with their competition. And those that, teams would have got a shock. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 100%. I was yeah. surprised. I, I, look, I was surprised the Finland game, but I'm going to put that down to the fact That's that just they, were, they, yeah. they were beaten up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's get on to our next topic um, is the Gridiron Victoria season's underway. Um, we'll start with the Division 2 
teams. So they've played, I think, six rounds now. Let's just look at their... I'm on Gridiron Down Under for the results because we all know we're, we're affiliated with Gridiron Down Under and they do a much better job than the GV website, to be perfectly honest. They get the scores up quicker, more accurate, and more articulate. Articulate. It's a big word. I agree with that. Much more. And I feel like I feel like it's kind of like you know we're a little bit biased saying because the three of us kind of like oh, we all we're super biased, but it's true. It's I'm our so show. True. We can say what we want. I'm being 100 percent biased, and it's way better. GV do not do the right thing on social media, and they should do a better job at it. That's where the world's going now. It depends who's on. Who's depends who's on it actually take that. Sammy back. Weller does half of it, and he lives in freaking San Francisco. Does Cat Bauhaus still? Oh, Cat Bauhaus is a star. When Cat does it, it's great. Else. When Cat does it, it's great. Yes. And there's true. a couple other people that you get on and you're like, unsure whether it's English is their first language. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's stop because we can do this all night. All right, let's start with division. We'll start with the ladder. We've got um, the Northern Raiders sitting Raiders. The Northern Raiders, um, coached by my good friend and Patrick Swayze, lookalike apparently uh, Josh Fuhrer. Apparently, he looks like. Um, Patrick Swayze and word Thomas Prince word on the street he's making a comeback I've heard he had um, you know he hasn't played five games and he's making a comeback I say don't call it a comeback it's only a comeback if yeah. you're never if you're gone yeah always gone or something whatever it's a good song number two the Ballarat Falcons much improved much improved but we'll just quickly discuss it yeah apparently quite dirty and I've never played them so I don't know really and to the point where I've... CCU who are known for being angels um, didn't shake their hands after a game the other week. Well, CCU or the the well, at least one of the clubs, the that carcass of Packenham Silverbacks and Berwick Miners. The Miners have been known for you know not being too pleased after games and things like. I thought the Dirty Bird comment was just a reference to the Atlanta Falcons because they're the Falcons. But this no. is actually they're actually a dirty team. I've I've never played them, so I do not know. No, we're don't going, come after me and snipe me or something. We're but clearly going on internet gossip. Yeah, I've yeah, we're going on on internet tripe, and this is what I've heard that they teams wouldn't shake their hands. Well, Duncan McIntosh, if you're out there listening, uh, yeah, shoot us a message and, and sh- yeah. come, come on, defend yourself. I'd yeah. happily defend yourself. We would love to have people come on the show and defend themselves from our barbs, not only our barbs, not the Monash barbarians, but the barbs <laughs> that you throw at people. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, but. I, it's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, well, that's, I, was, I was pretty surprised. And third on the ladder, we have the Melton Wolves. You know, a good up-and-coming team doing Again, a really good improved. job. Um, the Monash Barbarians are fourth now, and the Western Crusaders, two, a fifth. Now, keep in mind, they had a few games early where they might have had a few more available players, one would say. The Barbs actually beat the Raiders. That's well, their only loss for well, the season. Well, the game just gone against... What I think the Barbarians just played CCU. Mm. Um, the Barbarians look like they had a sideline of about 60. Yes, it's very bizarre. It's almost like people are getting behind how much easier Division 2 is and just playing in there to try and win a championship or something. But let's not get into that. Um, number six, <laughs> we have the Bendigo Dragons, um, which is a real surprise for me. They've Shot got a, me, yeah. a really good team. I think um, I spoke to, to Zach up there, one of my mates, and he said they've got a lot of injuries. So hopefully um, they can get them fixed up and, and make a bit of a run at it because... You know, they're a good football team. Well, they were last year, and I'm shocked if they've dropped off that much. I wouldn't have thought so either. Um, and sitting last, uh, probably the smartest club in Gridiron Victoria for not playing Division 1, uh, CCU at 0-5, and they have not come close. So um, I actually am, need to kind of apologise. It was a very, very smart move of you guys to stay down in Division 2. That's It would have been totally unfair for you guys and really awful if you'd stayed in Division 1. Agreed. And... Yeah. 
we're not saying that with any sort of hint of sarcasm. No, not like that, I'm, this is genuine Arthur. Yeah. yeah. G-A, not J-A. <laughs> I am being genuine here. That was, you know, the, the people who made that decision, outstanding. Re- Out. Rebuild. Because if you're in Division 1, you're losing players left, right and centre. Yeah. Re- and rebuild it, down there. Hopefully you get a win and, and then make your way back up. And our our personal anger at the time the decision was made aside. Was it GV? Not at, well, yeah, not but at CCU. They've clearly seen the writing on the wall at their club during that sort of period and have gone, listen, if we play in Division 1, there's going to be absolute disaster. Yep. And they've made the right call and that's, you know, they're on the ball. They did the right thing in the end, so yeah. Yeah, all right. And any surprises there for you, Chuck? Um, I'm a little bit surprised at the way the, the Barbarians started the season off. They were, I think they go, they go. Uh, I don't know if they went 0-2 or... Um, yeah, I think they went 0-2. They, they, they were winless. Yeah, um, I'm just got right. it up now. They had a bye week one. They yep. lost week two to the Falcons, and then they lost week three to the Wolves. They yeah, then so from- had a miraculous turnaround and beat the top undefeated team in the Raiders in week four. Surprisingly, the week before Division One started, I-, I was shocked by how well they played in that game. It's not like the Warriors would drop down guys to try and get a win against the top team, would they? You wouldn't think that? I don't know how that whole system works. I'll be 100% honest. As soon as you play four games in one in one team, you, you're, not, you're qualified for them and that's it. But So you're saying that prior to that, guys that are on the cusp, you move them around as you see fit depending on your opponent for that week. Is that Absolutely. what you're saying, James? That's what you can do. I'm not saying they do that, but they do. Okay. Do the, do the Crusaders do the same thing? Uh, well, they won their first two games and haven't won since. All right. Hey, pr- correct me if I'm Again, wrong. I'll look at the team sheets. But people Ooh, in the know, people in the know. That's a lot of shade. That's a lot of shade. People hey. in the know from Monash University and the Western Crusaders who pl- feel free to enlighten us or not, if you want to keep your look. I'd, secret. I'd just love to know how the Barbs lose their first two games to Ballarat and the Wolves, who who were good teams. They're they're second and third on the ladder, and then beat the undefeated, um, the undefeated Raiders. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do you feel that the Northern Raiders are that much better than everyone else and it's such a massive upset or is Division 2 just a very even competition? Potentially. And, you know, they might have been missing players. I don't know. The Raiders might have... I know their quarterback got hurt who was really good the first couple of games and yeah. now he's hurt. But, you know, they bounced back the week after and had a pretty easy win. So, mm. look, it again, I don't know if that's what happens, but it's pretty... You know, <laughs> it's... Is it? It's a bit too much of a coincidence if you ask me. Okay. And I know a couple of guys who were playing <laughs> in that Barb's team that week that... Yeah, probably, probably are not barbarians and should be warriors. Yeah, probably yeah. warriors. Yeah, probably should be out with the warriors. Anyway, so that's how that season's going so far. Um, Div two predictions, starting with you, Chalk. What's your thoughts? Who's going to keep going? Um, anyone um, going to drop off? If we're talking, we're talking about all up. I think. Um, I reckon. I reckon the Falcons are going to make a good push. Um, they're a very surprising team. They're a very surprising team this year. Is, are they the um, team with the I gun quarterback, or is that Melton? One of them has a gun quarterback. I'll come to that. Later okay. Later. All right. Sorry. Keep, keep going, Chuck. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, I can probably see the Falcons, and I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I have family that play for play for the Barbarians, but I honestly want to see the Falcons and the Barbarians um, take take it all the way and fight it out for the Division Two title. Okay, fair enough. Jambo, thoughts? Uh, so, I, I'm i going to throw it out there right now. I believe the Melton, the mm. Wolves, big call, but I'm actually going to say that they're going to run the table and win the whole thing. I'm with you. I, so, who's their quarterback? Ooh. Their quarterback, number seven, Matthew Kroll. 
Um, good he's, name. Is he the guy? He's tried out for state. Had a really good forty. He's I think a, he made the team actually. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a Division One level player, and he's not. And he but he's not in a situation where he's dodging Division One. He's playing for a club that's legitimately in Division Two. Yep. Um, but he's. I think once the rest of the team start to get their confidence up and build around him, I think that that offense with him at the helm is going to be close to unstoppable at that level. He's a very, very talented player. And I think, like I said, if it all comes, if the pieces around him start to come together and believe in themselves and actually have the confidence that, hey, we can win, because that's part of the battle as well, is that they're a new club. They started last year. A ton of rookies, ton of guys don't, haven't, don't know the game and haven't played before. Those initial steps with belief against established teams and experienced players, just believing you can win is most of the battle. And once they cross that bridge, which I think they're very close to crossing now with the start to their season, um, they're gonna be they're gonna be the team. Yeah. Beautiful. And I feel like if you just look at look at his performance last week, you know, Krull put up over two hundred yards himself, ran ran into and passed into all four himself. scores. Like yeah. he, he, yeah. Sorry? Oh he was involved with all four scores he was a part of. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Involved in all four, you know, you just, you just look, look at that. He's, if if that sort of belief, like, you know, if, if they be, if as a young team, they're pushing that and that sort of belief is going to, is going to get them over the line, like you said, Jumbo. And I reckon, you know, you, you might, you might be onto something as much as I don't want to see it. I reckon you might be onto something. The Raiders and the Barbs are going to always be there because they have the most experience. Um, the Falcons yeah. I like, I, 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 and I think that they're building a great culture, Dirty team aside, but I don't know if that's accurate. Oh, neither do I. Yeah. They're, they're obviously have turned it around. Yeah, they're but they've turned it around well. massive. Like the, yeah. their result against the Dragons was a, it was an absolute reversal from the game last year where they got thumped by about sixty. Yeah. So they're again they're another team that's getting that like hey we're actually pretty good now and we're starting to learn the game and we've got a few years behind us now. So the Falcons I can see making a run as well. But yeah, the Wolves the Wolves look like the most dangerous Division 2 team to me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next season when we only have one division and we get to play these teams because I'm sick of playing the same teams. Me too. That's the bottom line. Um, we'll go to Division 1. I'll run us through the ladder. So we're two games into the season because it was pushed back um, four games due to um, severe incompetence. Um <laughs> So yep. we have the Western Crusaders. God, no wonder people hate me. We have the Western Crusaders on top of the ladder, undefeated 2-0. The Monash Warriors, 1-1. One one. Um, at second, at third, the Melbourne University um, Royals at 1-1 one one as well. The Croydon Rangers, fourth at 1-1. One one. Geelong Buccaneers, fifth at 1-1. One one. And the Southeastern Predators, 0-2 at sixth. Question. Yes. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. what is the first tiebreaker? On in Gridiron Victoria rules for a ladder. I don't know. I'm sure if you go to the JV website, it won't be there to tell you. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's head-to-head record. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is head-to-head record. Okay. Why are we below the Warriors? Correct. Uh, the Warriors beat the Royals, so they should be ahead of the Royals. We haven't played the Royals yet, so it should go on point differential, which we're negative. So it's net points is negative. So all of those one-on-one teams are it's based on point differential. It must be then. because there's no clear head-to-head. Well, yeah, because it's the Warriors are 24 net points, Melbourne Union negative eight, Croydon Rangers are negative 18, and Geelong Buccaneers are negative 36. Excellent. We all just learned something. Yeah, that's fantastic. But it, it is supposed. It's it, actually working. So it that's is. Good. It is head-to-head in the. Um, it's supposed to be head-to-head in the 
in the uh, but that'd be later in the season yes when everyone's played played everyone then they're head down because when you play someone a second time there's always like oh we got to win by six because they beat us by three you know that sort of stuff yeah um any surprises there for you chocolatier um no look i'm just looking and uh, honestly i just wanted to get your thoughts really like you know let's talk about game one for you boys up against the up against the warriors Oh, mm. Crusaders what? was game one. Crusaders was game one, oh, and sorry. they targeted their way two, through the was, game. Yeah, sorry. So let's, let's talk start. about so game two, Crusaders. How'd things go? Uh, look, I think the Crusaders are a very talented team. Um, Super talented. They're they, probably the most talented team in the league. Yeah, I'd say hands down. They've got some... Across the board. Like, I, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying the best player... If you if you took the best player from every club and you lined them all up, I'm not necessarily saying the crew have the best, but across the board... They're very consistent. Oh, they're starters. I, they, don't, they don't have a one or two glaring weakness that a lot of the other teams have. No. And they run a, a, I said they run a very good scheme for the players they have. Um, Talking about that before, they're a perfect example of a team that run yeah. an offense that suits the people that they have. Yeah, and they've been blessed by picking up a Canadian quarterback um, that came in and played touch football for them, that played, a, I think he played Division One college in Canada or something like whatever he played. He played at a very good level um, back in the States or Canada. Um, apparently, he's not an import, apparently, according to them. Um, and they also had the benefit of a really, really good linebacker, number six, who's one of the better linebackers I've certainly played against in the last few years. Pick me off. Um, yeah, he was. <laughs> he's a very good football player who was recruited by the Preds as an import that left the Preds because he, for whatever reason, I don't know why, um, but he left the Preds and went down and started playing for the crew. So, you know, those two guys are certainly the difference. And number 30 made some some really impressive plays against us in particular and apparently against the Bucks too. His escapability. He's actually, he's, a, he's quite... I'm not going to say he's a big guy, but he's he's strong, very yeah. strong through his hips. He broke a lot of tackles against us. We obviously didn't play that well that first week, but no. still, it was still a really impressive performance. And they've got they've still got Tynus and Garnum. They've got Samuel Delay. They're two sort of main weapons on offense that they used a lot as well. And the number thirteen for them, he, I've forgotten his name. Is it? Uh, he came down to state a receiver, wide receiver. We've got to get better at knowing people's names. Oh well, you know. If the people would send us player profiles or something for Gridiron Down Under, we could do that. <laughs> nice segue, James. Boom! Player profiles, Well people. done, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, so send us all your player profiles. Um, yeah, but the the number... Th- is it? I think it's Ari or something. He's big, a really good wide Big receiver, kid, yeah. strong. He yeah. made some really good plays. Um, we haven't played Melbourne Uni yet, but I've heard... They're, they're pretty good. They've got a very um, big Polynesian import from the one family, the Latogas, who yeah. are, are all really good football players and uh, apparently middle linebacker that loves to smack. So, um, I mean, smack heads, not talk smack. He's quite a good player too. The Royals, the first two weeks from what I've sort of seen and heard is that they've had struggled on offense a little bit with turnovers, I think. Yeah. 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 And, and, and they're now good friend um, Alex playing quarterback, which is great to see him get a starting job for, you know, going into a season because... Yeah. You know, he's a very talented player, Alex. It's taken a while for Alex to get his chances too. At the, like, we obviously played wide receiver and uh, defensive back for us, but before that, um, at Monash was like didn't wasn't really used a lot. No, um, but he's a really talented player, and it's good to see him. Absolutely, out there. and you know, it's great to see Prince has made a full loop of all the teams, and he's back at the Crusaders. <laughs> so, no, nah, you, you you're my boo, Prince, but yeah, you keep making those rounds, son. <laughs> um, um, and then we have got the Rangers at fourth. Bucks are struggling with numbers, but w- we play them this week. They they bring it. The, the thing with the Bucks are they are always going to be tough to beat because they're they're tough guys and they're veteran. You know they're they're core ten guys 
know how to play football and come out hard and, and play hard. That's a Geelong thing in general. I'm yeah. old enough to remember playing the Geelong Wildcats and they were exactly the same no matter where they were on the ladder. It was always going to be a slog. Yeah, and then, you know, last we have the Southeastern Predators, which surprised me with their junior program, how they're not Not really. Stronger. No, like, because that takes time. They, yeah, you reckon they'll be good in a couple... Well, the Royals really, were good juniors a couple of years ago and now they're starting to develop Yeah, nicely. it can take a couple of years. Like, I don't, I'm not quite sure of the amount of players that they've actually had come up from their junior program. I know of a few. Uh, Lachlan Haynes is one, obviously, we've mentioned on this program before, but I think they've only had half a dozen really step up. Thomas Watson as well, one of their offensive linemen, came from the junior program. Um, there's only a handful. Yeah, and okay. it doesn't... A handful of juniors. I've been in the same situation when I played juniors and came up to seniors. I was part of a really, really strong junior program that won championships and killed teams and all that kind of stuff. You come up and you play senior football, it takes a couple of years before the, that talent makes the jump. You you come up and fill, sort of fill up the numbers and you'll play okay, but you're not going to play at the level required to really be a contender. That takes a couple of years. So if they're relying on their excellent junior program to do that, that's just going to be... They just need to be patient with that and play the waiting game. Yeah, and then, Chuck, what's your thoughts for the season? How's that going to play out once you know, the season rolls on? You know what? I can honestly see it showing up, to show, turning out to be just like it was last season. The, you know, Vic Bowl will be Crusaders and Warriors um, battling it out again. Um, I, you know what? I've got, I've, got a high, I've got high hopes for you boys, but... Thanks, mate. Um, we I mean, appreciate you that. Me, <laughs> yeah, you know. But you can tell me, you guys can tell me what's your offensive line looking like because I've heard, you know, here and there that, you know, uh, James is probably, you know, giving you some good protection, but offensive line's a little bit, uh, you know, here and there. Offensive line play is a combination of both things. I've got to get the ball out quicker. I have a tendency to maybe hold on to it for a little bit too long. And I also have a tendency to think that I'm 24 and not 34 and maybe try and make runs when I shouldn't do so. Um, so, yeah, that sh- those kind of things show up on a stat sheet, but they're not necessarily indicative of what's actually happening in the game. I think sacks or quarterback hits, that's a shared blame, if you want to say. Sometimes it's due to missed blocks, but sometimes it's due to me not getting the ball out to the hot read. Um, quickly enough or making a bad read just in general or, you know, not picking up the guy in a uh, five-man protection that's my responsibility. Um, There's a lot of different things that go into that and to throw it all at the feet of the offensive line, I think, is uneducated and unfair. Yeah, and we are a very uh, inexperienced and young offensive, or not necessarily young, but inexperienced, you know. We've struggled with numbers. We've had um, Mark Doyle, who's playing one of the best linebackers in the country, playing offensive line the last couple of weeks as well due to numbers. Um, so that's been an issue. But we're certainly coming along, and the first game was, was tough, but the second game was much better, and you know we'll keep improving. We're fine. Um, and They've if, got a really, really good offensive line coach, so they'll be absolutely fine. And on this topic, if we're going to throw shade at the other clubs for imports, let's let it be known <laughs> that we've got another one coming in ourselves I'm this, him up this week. He's only 6'4", 305 pounds. To play so. offensive line to help us out, so we're not... We're not above it either. So just throwing hey, that out James, there before we um, get the angry comments. Done. James, when your season's done, give me a call. That guy can stay at my place and play for the Preds. So just send him up here. Okay. He's um he's Hawaiian too, so he's a good bloke to know if I want to uh, pop over to Hawaii for a holiday, which my uh, my, my lovely wife does love Hawaii, um, as you can imagine. Who doesn't? Uh, pretty relaxing. So, yeah. no, we Look, yeah, the O-line's inexperienced, but it'll get better. And I think, you know, we're going through a bit of a transition. We have... Like we have really low numbers, not quite like the Bucks, but the Bucks are going through a similar thing where you just have to really 
survive and rebuild and you know we have to recruit better as a as a club and that's on everyone and you know keep moving and the same with the bucks they got to start recruiting again and the preds have got to recruit can't just rely on your juniors and you know it's it's i think numbers all lead Across round the board other than warriors and the crew are, are really down because teams tend to players tend to go to the top teams so i imagine the warriors and the crew get a ton of people wanting to play for them because they're the two best teams, and they have been the last three years. I'd love to have someone from the Warriors actually on the show one we could. one night yeah, absolutely. to ask them because I think you're talking about the Warriors and the crew both have two teams this year. Yeah, the and crew, the, crew, the Warriors have had it for five years, six years. And, and it's been unbelievably successful and never had a problem with numbers. The crew are probably stretching it a little bit with their roster this year. Like yeah, it, We'll see how it plays out. If injuries they were, they were probably in that middle sort of area where they had too much for one and not enough for two, and they had yep. to make a decision, and they decided, you know what, we're going to roll the dice and see if we can make it work to our advantage. The Warriors, I want to know more about the Warriors' relationship with the university and whether or not that's a uh, help or a hindrance. Yeah, I'd well, love to find out more about that. Well, so I'm if we sure. get someone like Ralph Maggio, the the Warriors head coach, maybe on the show at some stage, to actually yeah. talk about that because we've got the interview with Ty happening later and how the numbers that they got at Swan City within the space of a couple of months and what they've done with the recruitment standpoint. I'd love to actually pick the brain of someone who's gone through that process at a and club. And how to and, do and, it. And, and had it made it work. And Lake did it for the Bucks. They had yeah. tons of numbers at one point. Yeah. So um, Since he's left or yeah. taken a back seat to the running the club, it's gone down. Yeah. So, so they obviously know how to do it. So Ralph, if you're listening, hit me up on Facebook and we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'd really like to have you on. Um, and that's for everyone. If anyone wants to come on and chat about stuff, hey, this is a show for the people of Gridiron Australia. Yeah. Or, you know, well, you know what I mean. Some Gridiron Australia and GV. But, you know, that should be resolved quickly. But, um, yeah, if you want to come on and, and, and chat yeah. with us and say your piece and send us a message, you know, comment on things and, and we'll bring it up on the show for sure. Like, we yeah. have no issue being told that we're wrong about something. And yeah. I guess the, the, the problem with this league at the moment is that everything's kind of you know, very Behind closed door, and but it's, secretive. We're all off in our own little camps and we don't yeah. really talk to each other properly. We no. Skype each other on Facebook Only the all guys the at Gridiron Down Under really talk to each other, yeah. which is like Noonan and those boys and yeah. Thomas Prince. And Me. Yeah, you, you hack. We, yeah, but we Skype each other on Facebook. We don't actually talk to each other about these things. So what yeah. we're trying to do, a lot of what we're doing with both Gridiron Down Under and The Vault is yeah. we want to open, let's open things up. Let's yeah. actually openly talk about these things and... You know, like I said, I have, we, myself, I find the Warriors organization in general, we don't know what goes on there. They're very quiet and very secret. They don't say much. I have a ton of respect for them. Yeah. I don't like them as a club because they beat us all the time. <laughs> but And they win a lot of championships. But that doesn't mean I, I have a lot of people there that I really like. Yeah, and, and me too. And I yeah. think... They're like the Patriots. Yes. I respect them, but I don't like them. And no one should like other clubs. I don't like the Bucks, but God, I respect them and the way they're put together and the way they run things. But yeah, I think if we open up the channels of communication a little bit better, I think, you know... A lot of a lot of our problems will fade. Yeah, and you know, not not to throw too much shade, but if GV used all that money they charge us to be a part of their <laughs> club to actually go and recruit for the for the league, you know, how does Swan City get hundred players on hundred and twenty players? Ties said, you know, we've already recorded that. How do they get that many players? When imagine one hundred and twenty players league wide added to our league, that would be outstanding. If we got four extra players, I'd be wrapped. Well, 
we're you know? we're in the process at Croydon of doing Absolutely. some things to change our recruitment uh, strategy. Yep. And you know, over the next six months, we're going to find out if that pays off. Yep. Well, I want to know where my hundred dollars, hundred and five dollar GV registration goes when they when it doesn't go to GA anymore. And apparently, they were taking it only cost them forty dollars to you know to cover our costs, and the rest was just going to them. And what's the difference? Sorry. Can I pull out a GV like they put out a GA? You know. Anyway, that's just my that's my thoughts on it. Um, we won't get too deep into that. But hey, use our money to recruit GV and come on and talk to us. No one will. So come on and have a chat. We'd love to talk about it. And we won't be mean. We'll talk calmly and patiently and I'll throw some shade. We'll have a laugh. It'll be good. And there's also a bar fridge here. So. There is a bar fridge. There's beer. There's no Sprites left because apparently we I like Sprite We now. drank all the Sprite. Anyway. But look, that, that's all we've got time for tonight. We'll... Ty will be thrown on at the end of this, um, so make sure you listen to him. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Chock, thank you very, very much all the way from New South Wales. You're, you're an absolute champ, Chocketeer. No worries. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on, boys. No worries. Hey, not thanks for having you on. Thanks for being a part of it. You are it. going local. Um, Jambo, thanks for clearing the busiest schedule in the world, apparently, to getting on this this time. Uh, it's mostly due to transportation, but we'll, yeah. we'll get over that soon enough. Yeah, Some. Adults buy cars. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, they I'm do. Just, I'm just... Hey, I'm just <laughs> no, no, no. Shade. It's, hey, and this is a prime example. I throw shade at everyone, even a, my quarterback. And it's a fair call too, <laughs> so I'm going to cop it on the chin. No, guys, thank you very much for the show and thanks everyone for tuning in. Like, comment, share, throw it around to everyone, get your opinions. Hey, have a go back at us. Throw some shade back, all right? It's all in good fun and there, there's no personal attacks on anyone. Um, and if, hopefully, if, if there is, please contact us and I'm sure you realise we're not bad people. We'll happily apologise if we upset someone. And if you're from any other club, Grenoble Victoria, otherwise, and you want to come on the show, talk about your club, talk about anything that you're doing, hit us up. We'll get you on. Beautiful. Thanks Definitely. again, guys. Bye. We've got our first guest for this evening, uh, interview, kindly enough to do an interview with us at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday. Uh, we've got Ty Henry, uh, who formerly of the Southeastern Predators in Gridiron Victoria, and he will be one of the founding members of the new Gridiron West team, the Swan City Titans. Ty, good evening. How you doing, Jamie? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and um, sharing a little bit about the new startup club over there in Perth. Um, Swan City, where exactly is that in metropolitan Perth? So we're about 30 minutes east of uh, the city, out in Midland. Out in Midland, okay, beautiful. Um, now, this first season will be coming up. Um, Gridiron West, the Chalk, you might, if you can help me out here, I'm actually not sure yeah. when the season starts. October seventh. Um, October. I knew it was it was late. Yeah. October seventh. Yeah, October seventh. Um, and how many teams in the league this year? We are the eighth. Eighth. Okay. Cool. No problem. Now, one of the things I noticed about the newly formed club as well is that you've got you're starting off with your recruitment for not only for the men's team but you've also got a women's team recruitment starting as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Basically, just uh, so much interest from Facebook that we figured, uh, why not? As a new club, so, sorry, oh, sorry Chuck, Jamie. My, my question is, how is that going? That's what that's that's what I'd love to know. I mean, you know, as a new club, it'd be a bit tricky to always get you know new new people coming in, men, women, um, you know, juniors, stuff like that. How's that going? Uh, I think you guys would actually be pretty amazed. You guys all know Lake and whatnot, so me and Lake basically just started the two of us, mostly just him, and then he annoyed me so bad, <laughs> and I happened to get a job out here in WA, 
uh, running a gym, so I figured, why not? And we have 113 in our players group of men and women. That is and amazing. have had over 40 at every single session. That is amazing. Of just guys so far. Um, wow, that's crazy. More. We've I... been scrimmaging since June 3rd, full scrimmage, since the very first practice where we're able to just go against each other. Everyone's paid to order all their equipment. And we've got everything up and running, whole offense installed, whole defense installed. I think James wants to mainly new players. I think James wants actually wants to get in here with a little bit of a plug. You just said that you've got all your gear supplied and ready to go. U.S. Uh, sports gear. Yeah, Lake Lake in essence uh, handled all that stuff with the jerseys and all that. GSA, but I'm sure we could also go to the U.S. sports. Come in, hop in, James. U.S. sports gear for all your uh, gridiron, lacrosse, and baseball and softball needs. We are uh, doing a few helmets for for Mr. Rossiello, so it's all been sorted. You don't need to worry about that tie. That's all sorted, mate. Yeah, that's above my head. I just run the football part. Straight plug in, Jamie. Oh, no. Sorry, James. Trying to to get you you stuff in there. Isn't that right? Yeah. You got to. You were talking Absolutely. there about running the football part, Ty. Uh, officially, what is your role at the new club? I am the vice president, uh, offensive coordinator, and quarterback. Oh, you're starting quarterback. I am. I made the switch back. Ah. Uh, I've found that if you can't score in Australia, that can lead to you not winning games. So uh, I felt kind of wasted on defense. Fair enough. So that kind of happened as I was switched over to play for the Saints last year, focused a lot more on offense, and now made the full switch. How did you find the difference in playing in the playing standard, or if, if any at all, between Gridiron Victoria and Gridiron West? Like you said, you played uh, uh, season 2016 with the Southeastern Predators. Then you pretty much went straight across to Gridiron West and played a season with the Curtin Saints. What, if any, were the differences between the two leagues? Uh, the talent is very similar. We throw a lot more out west, I would say, because of the nice sunny weather while you guys are playing some mud bowls where <laughs> other than playing you guys, a lot of people like to you know, smash around in the mud, run the ball a little bit, the Warriors and the Crews and all those guys. But similar, I'd say the Vipers are the most talented team between the two leagues by a solid margin, Okay. Um, honestly. But the Warriors and crew and you guys, I think, might be two, three, four, and the Saints are all fairly similar. Okay. I think it's deeper out in Victoria where more teams could win it, where here it's kind of Vipers, Broncos, Saints, really waiting for a fourth team to kind of step up, like out there with you guys with the Buccaneers and the Royals now stepping up a lot deeper. Chuck, I've heard that that's a similar situation in New South Wales, where there's a there's a clear yeah. line at the top, and then there's a bit of a drop off. Well, that's it. We're the same. We've got you know the Sydney Uni Lions, West Sydney Pirates. They're always going to be one and two, um, and then we've uh, in the last couple of years the um, the UNSW Raiders have emerged as the as the clear you know as the clear uh, front runners there, and then after that it's pretty much just a just a big just a big fight for you know fourth, fifth, and sixth. It's between you know, ourselves, um, the Northwestern Predators, uh, UTS, um, Central Coast. Um, but yeah, that's, you know what, just back on what Ty said, it's, a, it's, it's interesting to note because I saw a lot of that when I played um, the uh, state, uh, played play state for New South Wales last year. Um, saw, saw a lot of players from um, the Vipers and from the Broncos um, for the West, for the Gridiron West team. And they, 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 were, they were a really, really tough team to play. They, they absolutely hammered us. 
the next question I have for you, Ty, you're talking before about the, just the sheer volume of numbers that you've had at the new club, 113 in recruitment for, for both men and women combined in a very, very short amount of time. I know that uh, recruitment and numbers is pretty much a, a standard issue across the board for every team in every league in this country. You talked about social media and how that, that was the main driving force. Were there any other sort of avenues that you went as far as recruitment is concerned to really build up to the volume that you have now before the start? Of your first season uh mainly social media we went on the local sports radio here uh lake and i did as well as a couple other little projects and getting in we only have i think four guys from the jets and me and two other guys from the saints and everyone else was new so um i think it was just pushing we're we've been posting within 48 hours every single post another titans post going up yep and have all the guys inviting the people to like the page, and it's just kind of snowballed. Do you find, obviously, obviously, to get the kind of numbers that you have, obviously, that there's a there's a growing popularity for the game in general in Australia. Was that the kind of feedback that you got from new people coming in, that it was just basically a lack of awareness? I think it's a, a, a lack of some of the old guard, where some teams are kind of run with, um, new, they don't have new ideas or open to new people since they've had the same people at their club for so long Yeah, where we really offered a brand new experience to people. Um, I think being American, which is unfair, but it helps me sell it because it's, I'm American. I have the accent that makes people think that I would know 10 times more when really, you know, if you have an experienced Aussie like Lake, it doesn't really matter either one of us, but it, it helps sell it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We're about to go into a process of, of doing some of our own recruitment here in Victoria and, and we're going to use the Americans that we have. I'd use as a bad term, I guess, but like you said, it's a lot easier of a sell with the accent. I totally 100% agree with that. But it's just um, what you said about the old guard as well. I think we do have a tendency, you know, some old rivalries, we get stuck in the status quo and I think that that halts progress in a lot of ways. So it's interesting to hear you say that as well because I think that's another sort of issue that I think is easily solved um, if we can take that approach in regards to recruitment. Uh, Ty, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, good luck with the new season starting October 3rd, 2017. October 7th. Yep. October 7th, sorry. Saints. Uh, opening AM is the Curtain Saints. So is your old team. My old team. One of my old teams. Yes, sir. Well, we wish you the best of luck, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the show tonight.